Welcome to the Bulldog Bite, your powerhouse for Georgia Bulldogs football. Oh, Lord. So I'm an idiot. I think we're both idiots. No, 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 no. I'm a bigger idiot. I'm the biggest idiot there is on the face of the earth. I I mean, you know, let's go ahead and talk about it. On the last podcast, uh, we You're went pretty over cocky. Keys to victory. My key to victory was just roll the dang helmets out and just, <laughs> just show up to play the football game. How'd but that you know work what? Out? They listened to me. It, this shows, look, we're three podcasts in, or four, I guess. And uh, it shows they're already listening to us. I know that Kirby Smart plays our podcast on blast at every single meeting. He, he has to. There's no way they did not listen to my words and go, oh, you know, he's, we'll just show up. There's no point. Why not? Why don't he we just show up? He puts us on. He says, this is the opposite of rat poison. Listen to them. <laughs> they are going to lead us what to are you the talking about the opposite of rap poison that was the worst rap poison possible <laughs> i literally just said just show up like literally we could I, I said we could play our third stringers in and win this football game our starters almost freaking lost to missouri yeah to missouri to missouri now granted missouri didn't look too bad missouri did not look very bad uh i was pretty shocked they beat the crap out of our offensive line, receivers looked really strong. I think Brady Cook, we made, I, I've said this like six times, we made Brady Cook look like, look like Tom Brady. <laughs> and I don't know if it was just because we played that bad or if their receivers are actually pretty solid. Uh, they had a good game against Auburn. Um, if you go back to the first couple games, they looked pretty good to start They did not the look good. They did not play good against Auburn. Shut the hell up. They looked great against Auburn. No, they did not. Yes, they did. They didn't want to win up, the game. They put up stats. But. They took all the care of winning Against Auburn and put it all well, towards us. I'll just tell you right now, Mookie Cooper is a good receiver. That is he a good, good wide receiver. Luther Burden is a great wide receiver. Give him another year um, with Eli Drinkwitz and Brady Cook, and he'll be phenomenal. Um, they, I mean, they had guys that, I, it, you know, it could have been our defense. I don't know what was going on, but they, I mean, they looked like a top three team in the SEC East. I mean, they looked better than Florida yeah. has all season. They looked better than. Probably anybody besides Georgia and Tennessee. I mean, I, I, if they play that way against Kentucky, they'll beat Kentucky. To be honest, but I don't think I don't think the Missouri we saw is the Missouri that is for this season. I'm going to be honest. What I think the biggest thing that caused that game to be like that was all the scuffling before the game with Georgia players. Nonetheless, the Georgia players were walking over there causing trouble. You know, I hate to throw a specific name under the bus, but Jalen Carter was a big one. You had Georgia players going over there and pointing at their ring finger. Oh, Did you that. ever expect we're to ever see starting to get a, something like that from a Kirby Smart privilege. coach team? Starting to get a little Georgia privilege going. Uh, yeah, it was... It's not a good thing. It's kind of just, you know... It's it's funny because everybody's been saying it. Georgia Georgia players and fans and coaches are starting to act like Alabama fans and players and coaches. But We're we only have yet. one ring. <laughs> We're not there yet. We got to win more than one ring. And and Kirby Smart, I, I will say, uh, if you listen to Kirby talk, if you listen to Stetson talk, I think those are the only two pl- people um, at the University of Georgia right now that are saying, freaking stop. We're like we've won one ring. We have not done anything. Kirby wants to be better than Nick Saban. I'll add two players to that: Nolan Smith and Jameis Dumas Johnson. Yes, after after Saturday, I agree. Yeah, I agree because you can tell the way that they were on the sideline, especially 
Uh, my, I think my favorite part of that entire game was seeing Dumas Johnson scream at Kamari Lassiter. You know what's funny? Someone even tweeted, they're like, oh, Kirby Smart's lost the hold of his Bulldogs. It's like, did no one watch N'Kobe Dean do it to Channing Tindall yeah. last year in the national championship? And you had some people saying, it's like, well, that's the difference. That's a senior to a senior. It's like, no, that's player accountability. Yep. Like don't like don't try to twist this in a bad thing. Like yes, we're struggling in this game, but this doesn't mean Georgia's lo- like Kirby's lost his locker room. This is actually showing how tight of a hold he really does have on that locker room. Yeah, we were being ignorant pregame, and it they came out and punched us in the face. And I'm not gonna lie, it took us three quarters to recover from them punching us square in the face. I, I didn't expect that. No, they punched us in the face the whole game. Even, even yeah. I mean, I would say besides the fourth quarter, we Georgia was outplayed the entire game. Yeah, I mean, uh, at least on the offensive line. On the the defensive line made our offensive line look like it was Georgia Southern's offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like being completely honest, and Georgia Southern isn't that bad of an offensive line, but I mean, it was bad. I mean, um, they were coming at all angles. I even tweeted out uh, for those of you that follow our Twitter. Uh, the Bulldog Bite Podcast at Bulldog Bite Podcast. Um, we uh, I tweeted, are we going to block for Stetson? Because Stetson Bennett, he had a couple bad throws. Uh, when I first watched the game on my phone on Saturday night, uh, I thought he had one of his worst games at Georgia. And I went back and watched the replay yesterday. And I don't think that was the case at all. No. I thought he looked fine. Uh, he moved well in the pocket. He didn't have a lot of opportunity to, to break out on runs like he likes to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he actually had time or, or could actually get away from the pass rush, he made some good plays. He made some really good plays. Uh, all the receivers played fine. Uh, Lad McConkey had a really, really bad drop. Yeah. Um, I think Dominic Blaylock had a good game. He got a, he had a couple passes thrown to him finally. Um, I think my biggest issue with the offense is the fact that we did not try and get the ball to Brock Bowers mm-hmm. more than we more than or the, the way that we have all season. I mean, typically, I mean, we'll turn around, hand them the ball. We'll throw them screens and let them yeah. run for 60 yards. Like, I, I only saw maybe three or four plays where we targeted Brock Bowers. Yeah. Which is absolutely absurd to me. When I went back and watched the game, what I felt like our biggest problem was, I don't want to give too much heat to the Georgia offensive line per se, because I feel like on almost – you know, and obviously I may be speaking out of my butt on this. I don't know true statistics, but I, from what I was watching, I felt like every other play they were sending at least five guys. And it was almost, it was constantly being switched up. It was either four linemen down and one edge rusher. It was three linemen, two edge rushers. And then you had a safety coming every so often. And then sometimes you'd have six coming at you. And that's a lot of pressure on your offensive line to constantly be doing that. And that's their job. I get that. So I'm not giving them a complete pass, but where I saw the problem with that is, you know, that leads to a lot of, you need to get the ball out quick plays. We weren't calling a lot of plays that were setting up quick, get the ball out of your hands. And then when you're not calling plays like that and you're constantly having people immediately in your face, your wide receivers have to get immediate separation, which is not easy when you're setting up plays that don't set that up. Which So I think it was just a combination of a lot of things. They were blitzing like crazy on us. They were covering slants. They were making sure we didn't have quick outs of situations like that. Stetson was getting covered in situations where he didn't have clear-cut running lanes to get out. He was getting kind of swamped a lot of the time. And kind of like something you said – I thought he was having a bad game, 
But as I kind of started looking back and watching, he kind of had a sneaky good game. Like he didn't have a lot of touchdowns. They're not going to pop out. Yeah, he had that one really bad fumble and he had a couple overthrown passes. But he still threw for 300 yards, which you don't really have a bad game if you throw for 300 yards and zero interceptions. Yeah, he had a couple overthrown balls, but he was playing pretty sound considering how much firepower was constantly in his face coming at him left and right. And, I mean, on our defense, I really don't think our defense played that bad. They just got put in bad situations. They had to deal with two turnovers. And then they had one bad run that got gashed up the middle, which, thank God, Malachi Starks has the Jets he had. I mean, he ran past Tyke Smith and Chris Christopher Smith and got to both and got to the guy and stopped him on the one yard line, which ended up being a four point swing, which we know we won by four points. That proved to be huge. I think our defense giving up 22 points. We're used to last year. I think I I'm after the last two games, I'm finally past the, Oh, Georgia needs to only give up no more than three or 10 points. I'm, I'm kind of past that now, but if our defense is going to be giving up 20 points, our offense needs to be, more clicking and making the right plays. I mean, it was so obvious how many people they were constantly sending that I feel like you sh- you should have been able to realize that quicker to get into more dumping passes to open things up. Well, and to be honest, too, I don't even think the defense played that bad. I mean, if I you go back either. and watch the replay, they scored 22 points. Um, I want to say they had four or five field goals. I think it was five. So, I mean, and a lot of those were or at least two of them were made possible by... They had five field goals. Yeah, Missouri getting the ball inside of Georgia territory because of fumbles. Mm-hmm. So, like, Georgia's defense, by all counts, did not play up to Georgia's defense standards. But if you go back and watch it, it was explosive plays, like the long pass to Mookie Cooper in the mm-hmm. second quarter that set up the... Um, I believe they got a touchdown on that one. Uh, actually, no, I think they ended up with a field goal there, too. Yeah. It was, but I mean, it was mostly field goals. I mean, honestly, the biggest complaint to me in this game is not getting the ball to Brock Bowers enough, like I said earlier, in red zone offense. And honestly, the run game, the run game, looking back at the stats, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kenny McIntosh had 65 yards on 10 carries. If you only have 10 carries, you get 65 yards. That's six and a half yards a carry. That's not bad. Uh, Kendall Milton had 61 yards on eight carries. That's not bad. He had 63 on seven. Yeah, that's not so bad he had at all. Nine. He was averaging nine yards. That is not what CBS says. CBS says 61 on. Eight. ESPN's got a different number, my friend. <laughs> but either way, either way, like those are good numbers though yeah. for for the run game. It's just like you put them both together. That's 100 and that's almost 130 yards on 18 carries. That's mm-hmm. pretty solid. Uh, but it's just the fact of. We didn't run well in the situations where we needed to run well. Like, if you go and look at the red zone, every time we were within the 20, we would just try and run the ball. We wouldn't try and throw it up to Brock Bowers. We wouldn't try and throw it up to Darnell Washington. We wouldn't try and get Ladd to run his little sneaky routes he likes to run and get himself open. We just handed the ball off, which is fine. Um, I get it. I mean, Kendall Milton should be pushing those guys around. And honestly, he had a couple of really good runs. Like, the one, the run he had with the fumble... He looked like he was about to take off for a touchdown. He probably yeah. would have if that guy hadn't caught up to him. But uh, Kenny McIntosh had a couple good ones. He juked a couple guys out. He had a couple plays where he ran some people over. Um, but in the red zone, when it mattered, and when they knew we were going to run the ball, we could not run the ball until the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, we finally started doing our little 
motions, swing plays. We did a little end around to Kenny McIntosh that ended up going in the end zone. I believe that was a winning touchdown. Um, Brock Bowers got none of those, which we usually we usually hand him the ball once or twice a game and <laughs> run him like a running back. They but. don't want to mess up his uh, three touches for three touchdowns ratio. That's just it's, whatever. Uh, just he's he's got to get the ball more. Like that's yeah. the thing for me is Darnell and Brock Bowers should see the ball more than anybody. I think you opinion. truly do have a Heisman level talent in Brock Bowers. Get him the ball. Well, and not to mention, too, Eric Gilbert traveled with the team, number yeah. one, and was sitting on the sideline, and he was not put in the game when our he offense wasn't dressed. was struggling. Oh, was he not? He oh, wasn't dressed. Well, that explains it. But but he did travel. Why would mm-hmm. why would you not dress him? Why not have him on the sideline just in I case I think there's so much going on with that kid in, that are more behind-the-doors kind of problems yeah. that I think I, – I truly think that was more of a – they don't want to almost – alienate him from the team of not letting him travel. I think keeping him around the guys is really the best case to getting him back. But that's another side note for another day. Right. But either way, the, I mean, honestly, what ended up happening was you had the turnover in the first quarter. You had the stalled out drive. You had the big plays from Missouri. All of that combined with the crowd just feeding off that energy and the worst thing you can do as a number one team in the country is give another team belief in themselves to win a football game. Yeah. Because in my opinion, especially in college football, and especially, especially in the SEC, anybody can be anybody on even any given week if the other team, the less the the not the favorite, well, I don't even, the lesser favorite, mm-hmm. uh, has the belief that they can beat the favorite. And in this case, Missouri, I don't think Missouri came out thinking they could win the game, but then things just started falling their they way. Started getting a the little... crowd got loud. Mm-hmm. The energy got high. They were already pissed uh, off. They started hitting plays on offense, explosive plays. They're like, wait a minute. We're up three. Wait a minute. We're up 10. This is the exact opposite of what I did. We're down three. We're down 10. Oh, God. Here we go. Yep. And uh, and I think they got belief in themselves, and they kind of kicked into a second gear, and uh, they... They they thought they could win that football game all the way up until the end of the game. I mean, I, you saw Missouri players throwing their helmets after the game because yeah, they, they even had fans leaving at two minutes once they realized it wasn't going to happen. Oh yeah, I I was that was what I was waiting for. I was waiting for that def, that defeat feeling of them because of the frustration I was feeling as a Georgia fan of like us basically being down that whole game. It felt good to finally get ahead so that I just could see them lose their happiness, and that made me feel fantastic. <laughs> Nothing but better. I do have a question for you. So, yes, I do feel like the running backs relatively did run the ball pretty well. But I feel like our running game does stall at certain moments. And I feel like part of it has to do with rhythm. I feel like rotating three guys like we do is almost too much. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Like I, I And I think all three guys are awesome. I think Dejan yeah. Edwards is a great running back. We talked about last week. He probably needs more touches than he's getting. Um, Kendall Milton, I think given the right opportunities, he could be a lot better than he's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kenny Magintosh, I mean, anytime he gets the ball, he, he's a playmaker. Yeah. I mean, throwing him the ball in the backfield has been awesome. I mean, he's led two games this year at receiving. Um, he's been fantastic. We got, if we could give, if Kenny Magintosh got 17 carries a game, I have no doubt he'd go for at least hundred yards. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. And same Kendall Milton, I feel the same way with the teams we've played so far, at least. So if you had to pick two of the three. With one being a leading back, who? what would you pick? I think it really needs to be... If I was going to give somebody the most carries, it'd probably be Kenny McIntosh right now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think it needs to be kind of how it was the last year with uh, Zamir White and with James Cook, kind of the thunder lightning approach. And uh, same with Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. Is you got Kendall Milton, you want him to be your bruiser. You probably want to get him about. I'd probably I would probably give Kendall Milton about fifteen to twenty carries a game. Mm-hmm. He'd be my he'd be my carry the ball back. And then you got Kenny McIntosh, who's in pretty much every single third down, unless it's a short yardage situation. Hand him the ball maybe 10 times a game, maybe 12 times a game if he's doing really well. And then throw him the ball at the backfield a lot more. And send him on those end rounds. Use him to throw some motions around. Kenny or uh, Kendall Milton is probably your best blocker out of the yeah. backfield. Um, Definitely the biggest. Yeah. And Dejan Edwards is probably your best effort guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good he's a good blocker, too, given his size. Um, all three of them are great. I think Dejan Edwards needs to be the guy. He he really doesn't need more than like five carries a game, mm-hmm. to be honest. I and, agree. And uh, I, I it completely goes against what I said last week. I, I said he probably needs more than anybody. But he, um, I mean, the Kenny McIntosh is a huge talent. Um, what he can do just from throwing on the ball, just from a receiving standpoint, is too hard to – you can't bench him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kendall Melton is easily our biggest guy. He's the only guy that I feel like if you gave him the ball 30 times a game, he would wear down the defense. Here's one thing that's super interesting to me that I don't, I'm sure a few people see it this way. Dejan Edwards or Dejan Edwards has always been almost our fourth quarter running back. We always put him in when the game is easily in hand. It, we're going to win it. He's our victory running back. He was getting almost some of the most important carries in the fourth quarter because we had to put the game away that they trusted it in his hands more than anybody else. And that was kind of surprising to me because I feel like we've only ever seen him in the fourth quarter when it's just a game that's being, all right, let's get it over with. But when it had to be put in someone's hands to get this game over with, that's who they trusted the most. Not Kendall, not Kenny. Dejan Edwards, who is technically our third string running back. I mean, he got just as many carries as Kenny McIntosh, that technically Kendall Milton had the least amount of carries for us, which was seven, and they other two had eleven apiece. But how do you like how do you interpret that? Do you think that's some kind of showing that they're starting to trust him more and he's kind of about to be the bruiser for us? It honestly could be, and it wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, you saw all year last year, even with James Cook in front of him, Kenny McIntosh in front of him, Zamir White in front of him, he was still getting carries. He wasn't getting them in, like, real-time game situations. He was getting them more in, like, end-of-game, we know we've won the game, let's just put the game away situations. But he has more game, he has more, if not the same amount, or sorry, the same amount, if not more, game experience than Kendall Milton for mm-hmm. sure. Probably more. I mean, I, I think, think he's, he's got, got more a good bit more because Kendall Milton was hurt. So yeah, because he gets hurt so much. And I mean, he's what his first year was what twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and I think I think they were both the same year. I do too. Yeah, but Dejan Edwards. I mean, he's played against the better opponents. Dejan Edwards is a year younger. That's what it is. Is he? Yeah. He's okay. A year I mean, he's a year younger. Either way, he's not. He's not a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Is he? Yep. Oh, Kendall Milton's a junior, and Kenny McIntosh is a senior. Something like that. Either way, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see Dejan Edwards start to get the bulk of the carries, mm-hmm. mostly because I feel like he's your best back that can do both. He can run through people. He can wear some people down. I don't think I've ever seen him look like he's tired. He looks like he's always strong effort. Um, granted, I think he got the most carries he's ever gotten in this game, and it's been 10 carries. Yeah. But he went for 51 yards. It's pretty good. It's, yeah. It's just like five carries a 
per rush, which is pretty solid. By the way, I was wrong. Dejan Edwards is the same age as Kenny Martin. They're both juniors, though. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, so you were right. But Kenny McIntosh is a senior. I thought that 2020 was the year that he got a lot of mm-hmm. uh, that he got a lot of carries. That kind of shocked me. Um, another guy I'd like to see get some more carries is Branson Robinson. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of the same as Kendall Milton, where he's a push, punch you in the mouth and run you over type mm-hmm. running back. But Kendall Milton, as good as he is when he has an open lane, he fumbles a lot. Yeah. I mean, he had the fumble today. He had the fumble against Kent State, too. Uh, it's kind of always been a th- not always been a had, thing with him. But he had some fumble issues out. last year. I'm yeah. pretty sure when he got the ball in 2020, there was a couple times too where he yeah. had some fumble issues. He's fumbled. A um, bit. And I'm not saying let's just go ahead and give up on the guy because he's a, he's a he's former I think low five star, high four star. And he got hurt as senior. Year. Yeah, he got he hurt. He got hurt. Did he get hurt in uh, senior year of high school too? He got hurt senior year of yep. high school. And then I think he got hurt. He got hurt his freshman, freshman year, year, and then he got hurt last year, too. Sophomore year, yeah. So he's been hurt every single season. And so far, I mean, he's been healthy. I mean, we're through five games, and he's still – he got eight carries last game. I um, think – I don't want to chalk it over this. Obviously, I'm not in this player's hat. I don't know exactly what's going on. But you get hurt three seasons in a row. That's got to take a bit of a toll. When I watch him run that ball – He's got a bruiser type build, but he tries to be elusive like a lightning guy. And I think he's not really scared. I mean, I couldn't blame the kid for being scared if he was, but I'm not saying he is. But I'm sure he's a little nervous to get hurt again. Like he's in his money making years. Like he's got to prove something this year and next year he can't afford to really get hurt the rest of the season and get passed up by somebody because you got dogs that want to eat behind him. I mean, look at Dejan Edwards. He's already on his heels, I feel like. So I feel like he's not trying to avoid contact, but I think contact's a little bit more high-risk, low-reward to him now. You know, he's risking getting beat up and pummeled and all this stuff. And, I mean, I guess to him, he may see it's putting money on the line. It's a lot of – I mean, even his dad tweeted at the beginning of the season, this is his money-making year. This is his – you know, that's what this needs to be. Can't blame the kid. You know, he's got loftier goals. I get that. But he needs to be the bruising back. He needs to be the guy that just barrels into you. And I don't – you know, I'm not in charge of this guy's career. Obviously, those coaches know what's best for him. But just off his build, the way he can play, the way he moves, and when we've seen him just lower his shoulder and hit a dude – I feel like he gets like three or four more yards other than when he tries to be elusive and he gets taken down right there. It's kind of what fits him. It's like you said, that thunder and that lightning. He needs to be the thunder that brings the boom. And that's where he's going to get the most looks, I feel like. I mean, he catches the ball in the backfield pretty good. So if he can just be the guy that hits somebody and catches out of the backfield every so often, he's going to get drafted. I mean, that's... I mean, look at the NFL. It's so much running back by committee nowadays. Everything's so much running back by committee for every team that if you can be good at that and be good at just catching the ball of the backfield, like not being a one-trick pony, you're going to get drafted. There, People are going to want you. I don't think this is an extremely strong running back year anyways, nor do I think next year's is. You'll find – I mean, I know you got B. John Robinson, but, you know, I, I think if they start using them that way, I think you could see a lot of growth out of them. Well, and speaking about or speaking of a lot of growth, uh, that brings me to my bone of the week: mm-hmm. uh, our middle linebackers. I have been pleasantly surprised. I mean, even the games we've struggled. Kent State, 
they played great. Uh, this game, I thought they were the sole shining star besides Brock Bowers. And I'll say, I think Stetson had a pretty good game besides the couple sailed passes he had. Um, that's our middle linebackers. I thought uh, Dumas Johnson, um, especially with him going up to Kamari Lasseter, giving him you know what he gave him, telling him, hey, come on. We're, I know we're Georgia. I know. We just won a national championship. Let like let's let's act like we're a national champion, not just roll our helmets out there like Witt said we should. Um, <laughs> but Dumas Johnson's been on rail. I mean, he's led the team in tackles every single week except for against Oregon, um, when I think Malachi Starks was the guy that led the team in tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, Smile Munden has been right behind him. Neither one of those guys have let up all season long. They've been absolute leaders for the team, and which is incredible. Um, considering this is their first year starting on in Kirby Smart's defense. Either way, those guys have been awesome. Xavier Sori got in this game and had a couple good plays. Um, middle linebackers have been really good. Safeties, I thought, I still think are elite. I mean, Malachi Starks, you haven't heard as much about him besides uh, he had that really good tackle to pretty much save the game. Um, and uh, Chris Smith has been Chris Smith. Chris Smith had an interception that he dropped because he ran into a Kamari Lasseter in the – I think it was the third quarter uh, that he absolutely should have. Maybe the second quarter. Uh, but either way, they, those guys have been awesome. Those guys have been holding our defensive backs together. Um, hopefully everybody else can step up. Keely Ringo is a guy I think it needs to really step up. Hopefully he'll be getting a bone here pretty soon. Uh, but, yeah, I've been very impressed. Dumas Johnson more than anybody. Dude's been awesome. So my bone of the week, ironically, kind of piggybacking off you, which I feel like I've done almost every time so far, <laughs> but you just you kind of hit my stuff on the head right before I get to it. But Malachi Starks, I mean, what a dude. Uh, this guy is a true freshman, and I know you're not getting to see a whole bunch of the leader stuff from him yet. You're not going to. Kid's young. But when it comes to being just a true baller on that football team who – let's be honest, kind of made a game-saving tackle on the one-yard line after blasting it past Christopher Smith and Tyke Smith, saving our butts a little bit. I mean, we held them to a field goal on the one-yard line. Our defense, I think they're catching a lot of heat because they're not last year's defense. It's not going to happen. That defense, we all know, is generational. But they're not playing bad. They're They're – pretty solid their only times they're giving up more than 10 points is when they're having two or three turnovers in horrible field position for them that's not their fault that's the offense putting them in horrible positions and they're still holding their ground majority of the time that defense is still really good and i mean i attribute a lot of that to malachi starks i mean he is a baller and that we still got two more years after we're four games in and everybody's already talking about, man, we get this kid for two more years after this season. That's insane. I mean, that kid's a freak athlete. And I just – I sometimes when I watch the game, I just like watching him. I mean, he's like glue on these guys sometimes. And he's – I did not expect that. I mean, I know he was a freak coming out of high school. But, whoo, that kid, he's he's – game changing as a true freshman you just i feel like you i feel like you'll see that on offense every so often but you don't see that on defense let alone in a secondary that no, often he's been phenomenal and, and uh since garrett's not here i'll, I'll kind of throw out a third bone and you can agree or disagree with me but i thought tyke smith played pretty well today. yeah considering he didn't even know he was going to start the game until what was it tuesday of last week so mm-hmm. and uh he came in performed great i mean i didn't i mean we talked about this earlier 
I didn't hear his name get called almost at all. I saw him on screen a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is solely because he shut down every single person they put him on. The kid was is, an All-American. Yeah, which is awesome. And it would be really great to see him continue to perform that way. Um, I know Bullard's coming back next week. He might be back in that starting spot. Who knows? But either way, I'd love to see Tyke Smith get some more playing time. My biggest thing where I like to kind of look at it is Tyke Smith, even if he plays a little bit less to the level of Javon Bullard, the guy's got some leadership to him. He's an older guy. I feel like just getting to have some kind of older presence on that defense is going to outweigh the playing a little less bad, like less good. I think him being on that field is going to be helpful in the long run. And I really wish, and I don't say this because of Javon Bullard or what he did, you know, everybody makes mistakes. I mean, that's just life. I don't agree with it. I'm not condoning it, but it happens. But Tyke Smith, he's a good athlete. He, we brought him here. He's a great player. He's had some really bad luck. I think you just give the guy a chance and see what he can do from here on out. You know, Javon Bullard's got some more years. Now, if Javon Bullard is just playing that many leagues ahead of Tyke Smith, which I don't know how you could play that many leagues above him. He played, I feel like, pretty good this game. You know, just kind of like see how Tyke Smith does and let him run with it. Let him have that job and see how he plays, you know. And at that point, show the team that immaturity is not going to – it's going to hold you back. And that's kind of like – they maturity needs to be the biggest thing they push on this team, offense and defense. Maturity and Brock Bowers. And Brock Bowers. Please, for the love of God, get the ball to Brock Bowers. Amen.